Today is Friday, June 5th, 2020. Welcome to the 17th episode here on the Sports Talk Podcast. Yes, I'm now keeping track of the number of episodes because I keep losing track whenever I have to say or uh, whenever I have to figure out what number it is. In the, in the When I have to publish it on Anchor, it says what number is this, and I forget, so I have to count every time. But now I'm posting it on my paper, on my script every time. So it's number 17. And today's episode here uh, is a big one. Uh, our main topic today is I, I honestly have a there's a big chance unless I like just have nothing left to say about it that we could have two segments for just our main topic. Uh, first, it's the basketball and the NBA and how they have approved that 22 team format to go play at Disney World. So we're going to get into that once again, like I said on Wednesday. Uh we're also going to talk about the teams that were the biggest winners or the, the people that were the biggest winners or the losers in this format. Um, we're, we, we also are going to talk about in basketball, they moved the draft lottery. They released a statement about their draft lottery and when they're going to do that. And also the G League and how they've had to end their year. Well, that's the draft lottery and the G League thing is probably going to be the least talked about. But we're going to get to a lot of basketball here today in their first segment. And as well, we're going to talk about the NHL, and there's reports about how they're actually going to recede after the first round. That's huge, right? Because people didn't know what we're doing, and there's also um, talks about you know how you know how many games are each series and all that. We'll get into that also. And as well, they're going to open up their practice facilities to uh, to teams uh, next week. So we'll get into that as well, and and what will that entail? Then MLS, we'll talk once again. It's almost like the same format as last episode. It's just the fact I think we had soccer, I think, but we changed it with the NHL, I think, or no, not so. Well, the MLB, we had MLB, but the NHL is replacing the MLB. So we're going to keep the sub, the, the the third segment, the, the the what we what I think will hopefully be the third segment will be the MLS and how they are allowing full team training now. So once again, they're moving forward with. They're like the fast tracking to go play at Disney World, like like the NBA is doing. So they're allowing full team train now. Once again, we'll get into that. Then finally, we'll talk about the NFL and how their coaches are allowed today to go back to their training team facilities and work. Once again, we'll get into that and hear from other coaches around the league and what they're thinking. This whole thing, I think, was nine pages long of just notes, news and notes. Uh, I think this might be the longest, the second longest script in this podcast history. I think the only one that beat it was the one where I had I the rank uh, the the grades for all the teams from the NFL draft, which was like the third or second episode. And that I think that script was like eleven pages long. So, but just notes wise, this is the longest one. So, let's get right into it, man. Like I'm telling you. This is this is very exciting time now. We got you know soccer is going to be coming back soon. Basketball like has an idea of what they're doing. NHL is coming back within two months. So let's get right into it. Let's talk about the NBA. Let's do this right now. All right. So first off, like I said, the NBA Board of Governors yesterday approved the twenty-two team right return to play format. Not right to play, return to play format. Uh, as this is a, a big giant step forward for the league as right because on Thursday they had the vote and they're restarting next month on the Disney campus near Orlando, Florida vote was 29 to one with Portland casting the, uh, the only uh, that, that one vote uh, said a person with knowledge of the situation as they spoke to the associate press on condition of anonymity uh, because the league did not pub- publicly release voting details at that time. Uh, the national uh, the National Basketball Players Association was scheduled a meeting Friday to vote on the plan. So th- the league has voted yes. It's now just based off the players. Now a lot of the people are thought the board, you know, the board governor said yes. And you know, I talked about this in the last episode. How how will the players vote to this? You know, depending on what they have said for paying and everything, how will that go? So let's continue. So this is how it's how how it go. Teams would arrive at Disney around 
July 7th, so next month, uh, in in and play an eight game uh, eight game slate. A game starting July 31st at the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex. All teams will stay, practice, and play at Disney and the NBA Finals, which would have started Thursday this yesterday, uh, if not the pandemic. If it if the pandemic didn't happen, we would have our finals starting Thursday. Uh, so those finals would likely stretch into October. The board the board's approval of the restart format is necessary is a necessary step towards resuming the NBA season. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver said, "While COVID nineteen pandemic presents formidable challenges, we are hope, hopeful of finishing the season in a safe and responsible manner, based on strict protocols and." Ha- uh, based on strict protocols now being finalized with public health officials and medical experts. The eight-game slate, uh, it's still unclear uh, if they'll be classified as regular season games. Uh, those will help with the playoff seedings, like we said in the last episode. From there, the league will have a play-in tournament for the final spot in the Eastern Conference, Eastern and Western Conference in those postseason fields. Yeah, so like I talked about that in the last episode about how Will it be a continuation of their final, you know, will it be a continuation of their final record? Because some teams have less than eight games to play, more than eight games to play, or they just have eight games to play. So I think, I honestly, I feel like you could possibly just do, put the teams in their standings and just use the games back. And then, you, but you put the record at 0-0, but they're in order of games back, right? So, um I don't know. The Raptors are how many games back of the uh, Bucks? I don't even know what they are, but I'm just saying use the games back situation. So Celtics are three games behind Toronto. So therefore, whatever Toronto's games back are of Milwaukee, Boston's three games back of that. And but then you have the records at zero zero. That and then depending on how you play, your games back goes up or down in your record. So I think that's how it should work in a way. Uh, Let's continue. While there's still work to be done, we applaud all the effort and collaboration that has gone into finding a safe, co- competitive format. Orlando Magic CEO Alec, Alex Martin said, "It has been, it has always been our feeling that sports have the liability to bring people together and look forward to restarting the NBA season while using the pl- that platform to drive meaningful social impact over this period of time." There are numerous other details to continue. Uh, continue working through including finalizing specifics of what testing plan at disney will entail and calculating financial ramifications of playing fewer games another person uh spoke that spoke to the uh, associated press uh said that the nba mbpa and the nba are working on lengthy medical protocols uh the details will be shared with teams once those discussions are completed which will be long before they arrive at disney so what was I going to say here? Um, yeah, so last night on on, so on Sportsnet here in Canada and on TNT in in uh, US, uh, the NBA on TNT guys, the inside the NBA guys, uh, you know Ernie Johnson, Shaq, uh, Kenny Smith, Charles Barkley, they had this, um, you know, they had this special show that's you know about the situation that's going on right now with racism and they talked to um adam silver about this 22 team format and he says and charles barkley asked the question whether or not if one player gets the the virus what will happen to the team and will they have to shut down the entire team like if they're in playoff series will that team have to come out uh adam silver said just kind of straight up we they that believe that that will happen because they'll be doing tests daily they don't believe that they'll have to throw a team out of the playoffs because of that uh uh i don't i this might get into it later on here i don't know but uh will these players be in rooms of two or they'll have their own separate rooms you know to stay in so it'll be kind of like that if the players are staying in the rooms by themselves you know they're only taking a bus with teammates um and maybe if they, whatever i don't know what their food the like the food's gonna be like uh their their dining options like are they gonna eat together as a team or they're going to eat in their rooms, you know, just stuff like that. Like if they're, if they're in singular, if they're in individual rooms, I don't think it'll be that big of a problem. If you catch the virus, I, the most dangerous part about catching it would probably be if, you know, a worker at Disney gets it, or if you're getting it on your way to the, to the resort area, that's the only way I feel it. Cause then the players will just be in that isolated bubble. So I don't think it'll be that big of a problem. Let's continue. 
The NBA is taking all appro- appropriate measures and is working tirelessly to provide a safe environment for our team and staff. That was, the Dallas Mavericks said in a statement, uh, while we're, while working to finish the season, the league has also made decisions on next year's draft lot. We're about to get into that, so I'm just going to skip that over. The 22 Disney-bound clubs would play somewhere between 71 and 75 games before the playoffs begin, uh, down from the customary 82-game uh, slate. The teams who didn't qualify for the restart will see their seasons end after having played somewhere between 64 and 67 games. So my numbers were off, for God's sakes. I don't know how. Roughly 15% of what would have been the, M- the been the full NBA regular season won't be played, which means players stand to lose around $600 million in salary. How that process, uh, how that process will work among these issues that that the league and the union are still working to solve. So that's what I'm saying. The players still have to vote today, but will they vote yes on the basis we want to come back and like that money? Okay. Or are they going to pull an MLB and pull a fast one saying we're not playing unless we get the money, right? I'm sure the NBA has looked at what the MLB has done and their mistakes. And Adam Silver's, Adam Silver's one smart commissioner. I I feel like he, he, um, he's a, he's a player's commissioner, I believe. And that's what, that's what leagues want. And I feel like Adam Silver is a great, great commissioner in this, in this, in this time right now. So I feel like he'll work. He's probably worked with the players of what they want. So that's what I think. So one of the one, but one of the biggest hurdles is now cleared uh, in an NBA season like no other. The league is planning for the same playoff rules as usual, uh, that being everyone utilizing a best of seven format. Uh, so it looks like yes, it'll probably be conference based, uh, like I think I predicted on the podcast of last week. Uh, if how would a sixteen team playoff playoffs will go like six like no you wipe out the conferences and you just oh stuff's falling here hang on no we're all good if. If you go 16 team, one through 16, no conferences, no nothing. I said it would be the Lakers and the Clippers in the final, and the Clippers would end up winning their first championship. Um, but that doesn't look like that's going to happen. It's going to be conferences, best of seven, one through eight. There you go. Uh, the 22 team plan includes all teams that were holding playoff spots when the season was stopped, uh, plus all other teams within six games of a playoff berth. Uh, Milwaukee, the Lakers, the Celtics, and the reigning champion Toronto Raptors had already clinched playoff berths. Uh, now with only eight games remaining for each team, it means that eight other clubs, Miami, Indiana, Philadelphia, the Clippers, Denver, Utah, OKC, and Houston have postseason spots secured, and virtual, and Dallas virtually has one as well. So will these playoff spots, like, once again, that's another question. Will these teams that have, um, will these teams that have playoff berths, like like I said, Milwaukee, the Lakers, Boston, and Toronto, will those teams have? Will they? Will they still have their playoff spots secured? Right. I feel like it wouldn't be that big. Like they're only playing eight games for God's sakes. Like, you know, I don't think you could ruin a team's season just like that. I feel like they will. I feel like they would be stupid if they don't. So. I'm not going to get too much into that because we only have, I have 30 minute segments here, max. I'm already a third in <laughs> that leaves nine teams vying for three remaining playoff berths in the East Brooklyn, Orlando, Washington are in the race for two spots and in the West Memphis, Portland uh, or new Orleans, Sacramento, San Antonio and Phoenix will jostle for one spot. If the gap between eighth place and ninth places is in either conference is four games or less, when the eighth game slate ends, those teams will play uh, will, will play off for the number eight seed. The team in ninth place would have to go 2-0 in the two-game series to advance. It's kind of tough then for the ninth place team, especially in the East when it's Washington, who's ninth. We're going to get to Washington in a second here later on in this segment, but I just want to say the fact that um, – it's going to be tough for for Washington and Orlando, or you know, just just in general. Uh, there's still much work to be done, but we're excited to be able to return to the court," said Wizards general manager uh, Tommy Shepard. Uh, that's that's just him saying that off basis. But for Atlanta, Cleveland, New York, Golden State, Minnesota, Detroit, Chicago, and Charlotte, their season is over. The Knicks will miss the playoffs for the seventh consecutive season, the third longest current drought in the league behind the Sacramento Kings and Phoenix Suns, who still have chances of getting into the playoffs this season. While we are disappointed for our team and our and our fans that our season is coming to an end, we understand and accept the league's plan to move forward with 22 teams. Timberwolves president uh, Geraldson wrote, uh, Ro- 
Rosas, Rosas, I think that's his name, said, "It's important uh, that we be good, that we be a good teammate not only to the NBA but to the other 29 teams to support the efforts to, to complete the season and prepare for next season in a healthy and safe manner." Like I mentioned on the last episode at the end, the Hawks are now out. Vince Carter's season's done. Vince Carter's career is done. Uh, he's played. It was, he, 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 this is his last year of a 22-year career. It's the longest in league history. Carter is the f- the first NHL. Uh, I mean, boy, NHL. Vince Carter switched sports. Uh, is the first player in M- NBA history to appear in four different decades uh, with his plans to retire. Obviously, he appeared in 1,541 NBA games, only behind Robert Parrish and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on the all-time list. Parrish had 1,611 games while Abdul-Jabbar had 1,560 games played. So, I mean, most of this I, I talked to, I, I talked about in the last po- po- episode, so I'm not going to get too much into it. But, uh, I mean, uh, what was I going to get to here? Oh, jeez, come on, man. I forgot it. Oh, come on. Uh, oh, Brooklyn, that's what I thought. Uh I talked about this once again. Once again, we're reverting back to another podcast. I, I don't know how long ago this was. Maybe like two weeks ago or three weeks ago, possibly. There was rumors that if Kevin Durant would come play, Kevin Durant, uh, if he would play or not. And now a lot of the rumors said he would not. Uh, people now over the past few weeks have been discussing whether Brooklyn or, uh, you know, Brooklyn will have Kyrie and Kevin Durant. Uh, there's lots of people saying if one doesn't play, the other won't play um, because they're both kind of injured. Uh, and now there's a report that came out today that uh, Kevin Durant will probably not uh, play at all, um, even if this does go into October, and even if Brooklyn gets in the playoffs spot, which they should, uh, and even if Brooklyn has that playoff spot, even if they somehow make it to like the conference finals or the finals, Kevin Durant will probably not play. Uh, but who knows, right? But at first, at first glance, right now they're saying he's not playing. All right. So let's move on to the next thing. Who are the winners and the losers of this format? First of all, let's start off with the winners. The NBA, of course. Uh, as Sam Amrick of The Athletic reported about a month ago, the NBA would stand to lose about $900 million in television revenue if there's no 2020 season uh, postseason. Uh, that's a problem that would appear to have disappeared now that with the added bonus of possible playing games for the number eight, uh, number eight seed thrown into the mix, that's even more games that could be marketed as playoff contest. Like the first four in the NCAA tournament, the NBA could promote these playing games, giving clubs the privilege of being destroyed by Milwaukee or the Los Angeles Lakers as a new first, as a new first round of the playoffs and charge uh, networks, premium prices for broadcast rights. So while we're all having a blast turning, uh, tuning back in for the NBA on July 31st, uh, do keep in mind that the only reason why it's happening is because the NBA needed to find a way to stop uh, losing money. Next, the Toronto Raptors and the other East contenders. One of the most interesting things about the uh, around the talk of the NBA's return to play plan was rumblings of drastic format changes. Ideas such as the World Cup style group stage for a number one through 16 bracket got people thinking and talking about fun hypotheticals where the Eastern Conference teams square off against the Western Conference teams during the entire postseason, like I said, and like I predicted in a few episodes ago, instead of just in the finals. So, you know, World Cup style, like I said. Given the extreme nature of these times we're living in, the NBA could uh, could have tried a new format relatively risk-free because anything that happens during this COVID Cup season would likely come associated with dreaded the dreaded asterisks uh, because how weird everything is and people love putting the asterisks on everything now. Like how they said the Toronto just winning last year was an asterisk due to the injuries of the Golden State Warriors. Get your facts before you know it. That's all I have to say about that. Instead, the NBA went convert uh, for the uh, went clean on its approach, and they're just going to go with the conference base, like I said. Boring this may be, but if you're the Toronto Raptors, Boston Celtics, or Bucks, or any other Eastern Conference team that believes them, that believes themselves a legitimate contender, then going with the old-fashioned, uh, the old favorite here must be you must have you ecstatic. Uh, no doubt there are tough battles to be had in the Eastern Conference, but compared but compared to the Wolves out in the West, even outside of the playoffs picture right now, like Portland Trailblazers or the New Orleans Pelicans, let alone the Memphis Grizzlies or Dallas Mavericks in the number seven 
an eight seed at the moment, the likes of the Washington Wizards, Orlando Magic, and Brooklyn Nets would would look like lost puppies by comparison. Um, in general, the the quality of competition is just a notch or two higher in the Western Conference, and for the Eastern Conference, seems to avoid that. Uh, if even a little is big advantage as it opens up a slightly easier path to the conference finals for some teams and certainly for the number one and two seed bucks and Raptors. The golden state warriors and the wet rest of the league scrubs. Congratulations to the golden state warriors, the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Atlanta Hawks and the Minnesota Timberwolves and the rest of the NBA's also ran group. You did it. You didn't get into the bubble. Uh, not only does this mean that you don't have to take any necessary unnecessary risk by attempting to play pro basketball in the midst of a global pandemic, you also get to preserve those sweet sleep lottery odds. If you're among the true scrubs in the league, such as the basement dwelling warriors and Cavaliers, knowing that you didn't make it in is that you have a breathing, uh, breathing you, that you are breathing sign of relief as it means that you could dedicate more time towards the dates than actual matter to you. The draft lottery, we'll get to that in two a second. There's lots of elite talent at the top of the board to be had, such as Georgia guard, Anthony Edwards, center James Wiseman, who has uh, suspended, who was suspended by the NCAA while at Memphis, uh, but left and declared for the draft, and Lamella Ball, who took over the Australia's NBL for the for that Hawks team. Uh, those are prizes available for the NBA's bottom feeders, and the fact that they don't have to play anymore and can keep and can still keep their strong odds while others can weaken theirs further is just the icing on the cake. As Stephen A. Smith also said, he's happy these teams are not playing because they just play this year and they stink up the joint, as he said. And I quote from him, they stink up the joint by just playing. And if they played all teams in the rest of the year, why have them play if, once again, I'm going to say it again, if they stink up the joint? Thank you, Stephen A. Smith. That's another great quote from you. And finally, the winners, the Washington, Washington Wizards. And on the topic of bad NBA teams, the Washington Wizards and their sterling 24-40 and 40 record were invited into the bubble. They're 24-40. and 40. Why were they invited? Well, because the teams, because where they are in the format, they had to be at least under six games back. And the Wizards are 5.5 games back of the 30-35 and 35 number eight seeded Orlando Magic. This still doesn't take away the fact that the Wizards are amongst the worst teams in the league with the 24th ranked net rating as of the time of the suspension and the worst defense. The Wizards shouldn't be included in this, but perhaps because Bradley Beal is a great player and John Wall is likely to make his return in this resumption, is that reason for enough to let them in? So way to go, Washington. By just having 0.5 games up on that, on that, uh, on, on that qualification, you made it. Now, John Wall... There are lots also. This is also like something with um, uh, Kevin Durant. Is he going to play or not? There's lots of people that are saying he is. Lots of people saying that he isn't. Uh, right now, it's most likely saying he's not coming back to next year. So uh, it would be kind of surprising if they said that John Wall was coming back. All right, now the losers. We only have 10 minutes to go here. I feel like we'll get by this. Uh, everyone that's in the bubble is a loser. No matter how much you test, no matter how often you wear a mask, no matter how much you attempt to social distance, everyone within this NBA bubble is at risk, and that includes my man Mickey Mouse and Goofy and Minnie and all of them. All right. So to let to everyone that will have to go to this bubble to finish the season, including coaches, players, general managers, front office executives, uh, PR staff, janitorial staff, security, medical staff, media and broadcasters, service staff within Disney World that manage and maintain hotels and restaurants, etc. Here's Here's hoping everything stays safe and that there's no cases found of COVID-19 while they're there. But with over 60,000 confirmed cases of the novel coronavirus in the state and over 58,000 being Florida residents, it's hard not to think that the worst case scenario is, is coming to pass. Ultimately, the NBA weighed the risk slash reward in favor of returning, but it's worth considering that uh, what would happen if and when someone get test positive with the bubble. I already talked about this earlier on in the segment about what Adam Silver said if a player get test positive. Another loser, the Memphis Grizzlies. Before the season was over, the Memphis Grizzlies were on a roll. Winners of four of their last six with a three-and-a-half game cushion over the next closest rivals for the number eight seed in 
spot in the West with a rookie theme on John Morant, uh, growing ever more comfortable and confident with his abilities. The Grizzlies were looking to finish their uh, final 17-game stretch with a flourish and carry all the momentum into the postseason. Now, after what will nearly be a five-month hiatus before play resumes, you have to wonder if a team that young will be able to just turn it on again. In particular, the youngsters, Morant, Brandon Clark, Jackson Jr. It's hard not to think of all the daily learnings that were halted for these three uh, who look to make up the Memphis core looking forward. Youth can be a gift, obviously, uh, but being able to ramp it up again after long most hiatus may be something veterans with more experience will be able to handle better. So let's, it'll be, you know what? The Memphis Lucy's being there will be exciting to play like a young, young team, but at the same time, can they bring the energy like they did at the end of the year? Another loser, Portland Trailblazers. According to ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, the board of governors saw the league, like I said, the 29 to one vote with the Portland being that one vote. Uh, sitting three and a half games back of the number eight Memphis Grizzlies, the, the Blazers do appear to be in a good situation to make the playoffs, especially as they figure to be healthier than ever before with their key, the return of the key center, uh, Yusuf Nurkic. But maybe getting into a situation where you participate in a play-in tournament uh, just for the eighth seed is very different than, than a more even format such as a group stage. What's done is done now, and although it seems uh, harmless to be back to back your players on a vote that you knew wasn't going to go your way. It, uh, not saying United with the commissioner and the rest of the league will always have potential to come around and bite you. So yes, if you're that team that says no, and you're the only team that says no, like the Portland Trailblazers just did, a lot of teams might hate you now. Yes, it's still going to go on. So you can't just be like, well, you know, they're, they're like, it's not like they had to have a 30 0 vote, but I'm just saying teams might have that type of, uh, you know, that aspect, you know, that, that, that mentality saying, oh, these guys, they didn't want to play. Let's kick them out. And finally, the Canadian men's basketball team. Yes, without, it's not the NBA, not an NBA team or part of the NBA, but let's continue. With the dates being what they are and the word from the NBA that the 2020-2021 season will likely start December 1st, throws away a pretty large wrench into the Canadian basketball plans to be fully loaded for the 2021 Olympic qualifying tournament in Victoria, BC. Right now, the Olympic qualifying tournaments are scheduled for June 29th to July 4th. Uh, given a December opening, we'll likely see the NBA in the midst of its playoffs where a lot of Canadians' top talent could be participating next year. But even if the Canada should make it out of the Olympic qualifying tournaments, uh, the July 23rd to August 8th dates for Tokyo 2020 would still clash with next year in the NBA. So another problem that could arise now a lot of the so the, the top a lot of the players but though in the top teams in the league are not now it's next year we never we don't know what's going to happen next year right we don't know which team denver could take a run with jamal murray but the most part could denver make a run to the finals with lebron and the lakers Kawhi and the clippers um you know all these other great west teams uh, it might be tough but you could still make a case that you know even if he's not even though the this like I'm going to use Jamal Murray here as a big notice because Jamal Murray is one of the, like probably the best, one of the best players on the Canadian team. Even though if he's not there for the qualifying tournament, we have other players that probably will be involved and you know, you know, with the rest. Um, once again, it looks like Canadian basketball is stuck between a rock and a hard place, obviously uh, when it comes to the Olympics and its men's team. And, um, but Hey, once again, if I said if there's if there's players out, they're probably going to go play, and there's probably a big chance that we have uh, to make the play out, uh, make the Olympics, and I feel like this is our best chance for, in a long time for Team Canada. Okay, five minutes left. We got to do this fast. So I've skipped everything about the draft lottery in both these articles I've read, but they've changed the draft lottery to August 25th, and the draft is set for November, uh, October 15th. Uh, this announcement this announcement comes with the 22 team format. Uh, the, the this that it, it came out with all that information yesterday. And these dates are right now tentative, but dependent on the NBA returning for action on July 31st. Uh, these will probably, if they if they return to that date, these are, will probably be the dates uh, as the draft lottery was supposed to be held uh, May 15th and the draft was supposed to be held 20 days from now. So it's the same thing with the NHL, right? But they're not going to do that weird, funky business that if your team makes the play, if, 
I don't understand why the NHL did that, but go ahead. All right, last thing here is the NBA G League cancels the remainder of their season as announced by the President Sharif Abdul-Rahim, former Vancouver Grizzlies player, uh, yesterday. This is what he said. While canceling the remainder of our season... Uh, while canceling the remainder of our season weighs heavily on us, we recognize that it's the most appropriate action to take place for our league. Uh, I extend my sincere gratitude to the NBA G League players and coaches for giving their all to, to their teams and fans this season. And to our fans, I thank you for looking forward. I thank you and look forward to resuming play for the 2020-2021 season. The Theater League, the G League, uh, suspended its campaign on March 12th like a lot of leagues did due to this COVID-19 pandemic. Players were reportedly compensated for the 11 days left in their season and their health benefits were extended according to the athletic champs Sharania. Uh, Thursday's news comes to, yeah, okay, whatever. And the G League said it would announce the end of year awards uh, in these next few weeks. So there you have it. Oh boy. Those are, that's all the NBA and the basketball news I have for today. A lot of stuff, man. I'm telling you, uh, it's going to be very interesting when we see in the next two months. I'm saying mostly at the end of July, beginning of August, because the NHL is going to come back around that time. The NBA is going to be back at the time. The MLS should be hopefully close to whatever, uh, wherever they go in the MLB. Who knows where they'll be at that point. Uh, the NFL is almost going to be starting their preseason, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, so it's going to be very interesting. At the end, the end of July, beginning of August, we're going to see a lot of sports. So we still got a month or so to go. But this is very exciting for the NBA, of course, because they finally can kind of have a little breathing room. They're just waiting for the players to say what uh, they're just waiting for the players to say yes or no to this. All right. When we come back, we have some NHL news as we're going to talk about what the playoffs will entail uh, for this summer's uh, playoffs that will that will continue. And it'll be very exciting. So let's get right into that after this little break. Okay, we're back now with some more NHL news as NHL kind of took a break from our podcast on Wednesday and now they've come back. So there's a report that's going on here that the NBA, or not the NBA, see, I'm, oh boy, here we go again with the wrong names for the wrong league. The NHL playoffs will recede after every round. That's a report and the qualifying will be a best of five. Let's read. If the NBA... Or, Oh, boy. Oh, that's what happens when I talk about the NBA for 28 minutes. Holy cow. (laughs) Jeez. Oh, boy. This is going to be the same thing with the WNBA thing I had last episode. Oh, boy. Here we go. All right. If the NHL is able to return following the hiatus due to the COVID-19 pandemic, the league's playoff will be reseeded after every round instead of using the bracketed system, according to Sportsnet Elliot Friedman. Friedman added that the qualifying playing round will be a best-of-five series, while all the all other rounds in the playoffs will be just a best-of-seven. So this answers our question, right? Because we first went into this thinking there'll just be a bracketed system. Obviously, we don't know the, the top four the top four teams, right? They're going to play where I think we're going to get into that here. But we didn't know, you know uh, what order will they'll be seeded. Uh, so that's when I did my predictions. I did it if they just stayed the same and if there was a bracket system. Now there will have to be some reseeded mess uh, like they used to do, like they used to do uh, at, like uh, when before they had the uh, before they had the realignment back in 2013, 2014. I think it was around that time. Um, so yeah, they'll probably do reseeding up until the conference final because then the, how can you reseed a conference final with just two teams? All right. So the plan, the qualifying round will be the best of five. Then the first round will be uh, probably reseeded. And then the next round will probably be reseeded. The conference final will probably not be. And obviously the Stanley Cup final will probably not be even moved at all. All right, let's continue reading. Sportsman's Chris Johnson reports that the top four seeds in each conference will be determined by the result of the three-game round robin. Like I think that's everyone, what everyone was expecting also. So there's our question. There's our, sorry, there's our answer to our question. We, the teams that, we don't. So obviously, we didn't know if they'll be reordered. Now we know if they'll probably if they if depending on how they do in that round robin. Uh, the, the decision to preserve the tra- the traditional format of four best of seven series instead of the opting for the two best of five series and two best of seven series could add up to nine days uh, to the playoffs. 
uh, Johnson adds. The NHL confirms as much yesterday afternoon, also releasing details of how home ice advantage and round-robin tiebreakers will work out during the 2014 playoff. In case of tiebreakers during the round-robin portion of the tournament, featuring the top four teams of each conference, ties will be broken by regular season points percentage the league announced. I think that was also kind of announced when the Gary Bettman had that uh, that uh, that video. Uh, after the round robin has concluded, the seeding order of those eight clubs will remain the same throughout the rest of the postseason. As for figuring a home ice advantage, as games are to be played in their hub cities rather than each team's home arena, the league has said the following. During the qualifying round, the higher seeded team will be designated as the home team in games one, two, and five, while the lower seed will be designated for the home teams as games three and four. I think that's what the MLB does, don't they now? Or did they change it up? No, I think that's it. No, that's it for the the, the division series. In the first three rounds of the Stanley Cup playoffs, the higher seed will be designated to the home games 1, 2, 5, and 7 like usual, and the lower seed 3, 4, and 6. That's as usual. Uh, for the Stanley Cup finals, same thing. It's just going to be the same thing. I, I don't know why this is such a big deal, but it's just going to be the same thing. Uh, funny enough, I, I, I want to go back to the NBA here for just a second. There's talks, and Stephen A. Smith was not happy about this, but there's talks that apparently they're gonna sh- they might ship the team's home courts to Disney World, uh, just to you know, I don't know why, to give it more of a home ice or home home court advantage home court feel. I don't know why it would do that because just because it's the courts the same doesn't mean the arena is the same. And I feel like if you have an advantage, it's more of the fans in the arena, uh, but because you're used to playing at home. And you're not used to like, you know what they say? You know what I mean? Like you don't say, Oh, I'm used to be, I'm used to playing on this court. I mean, the ice is different. Like if I, if I use the term, the ice is different because the ice is different almost everywhere you go. Right. Uh, but if you use the term court, like the court's mostly the same uh, nowadays, right. You know, back in the eighties when the courts were not as, you know, superior as they are now. Uh, so, I mean, using the term home court advantage is kind of dumb. All right, let's get back to the NHL. So that so that clears up a lot of things. Home ice, I don't think that's a big deal because I think that's kind of that just makes sense of how they're going to do it. I don't understand why it's such a big deal. The round robin, we kind of already knew that was going to happen, but the reseeding we did not know, and that could be huge. That could save Toronto's butt in the first round. I'm, I'm very serious. Boston remains first seed. Toronto is the number eight seed. They will not play. Because the Toronto's the highest seeded, uh, uh, or not there, but they're, you know what I mean. But wouldn't they be the lowest seeded? Um, actually, no, I'm wrong now. I'm I, that's wrong. If all the higher seeds move on, Toronto and Boston stays first. Toronto will have to play Boston. Okay, I'm sorry. That was that was poor. That was poor by me. Uh, but so now Toronto's hoping that Boston gets first. But at the same time, Toronto. Toronto's hoping for two things. I, I feel Toronto fans could be hoping for two things right now so they don't play Boston. One, we hope that, we, obviously, if Toronto wins. This is if Toronto wins. We hope if we win, if Boston gets first and we win, we hope that there's a lower seed, lower than eighth. If Boston wins... If Boston, and they're also hoping that Boston doesn't get first if they if if all the higher seeds move on. There you go. I, I don't know why my brain could not function for some reason. All right. So that's that's actually big for a lot of teams. And so that's why I mean the predictions, the, the predictions, a lot of people's predictions now just could just go left field or right field, right? Um, I don't have the time this episode, right? Because I've already spent half an hour talking about basketball and we have other things to get to. But maybe on Monday or, or you know, maybe closer to um, – Closer to, um, you know, the time before they play, I might do a my predictions of who will seed where, or if the NHL does the bracket challenge thing, which that would just be, oh my days, just the, the total amount of possibilities you could have, is nuts. You know how they have like that perfect bracket challenge? If you get the perfect bracket, um, you get a lot of like a million dollars. Could you imagine getting a perfect bracket for this? That means you have to t- say. You have to, it, 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 and if it works for, you know, the, the round robin, if it works for the play, like, there's so many possibilities for you not to get a perfect bracket. One team could be off in the round robin. 
uh, one team could not make it through the play. Like I'm telling you, man, it's 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 a it's going to be one crazy uh, bracket challenge if they choose to say, oh yeah, we'll put the round robin teams in there for you, or you know what I mean. Like you don't have if if they if you have to order them, the perfect bracket will be far from close to happening. I feel like that would be that makes sense. All right. One other thing today from the NHL. Uh, I'm very honest with you. I think this episode is going to be short up from now on. Uh, this whole episode just, I think the next, I don't know, geez, like I'm just telling you that the, the NBA is going to hold this episode up here. NHL is allowing their teams to return to, t, uh, to reopen their training facilities next Monday, I think. June 8th. June 8th, I think that's next Monday. Yeah? Am I correct? I am. Monday. Teams will allow or NHL will allow teams to reopen their training facilities on June 8th uh, as it transitions into uh, the second phase of the return to play plan uh, they announced last night. Uh, when facilities are reopened, players will be allowed to participate in individualized training activities, both on and off ice, with no more than six players taking part at one time. Uh, and then also there will be a limited number of team staff involved. Players who tar- participate are going to do so on a voluntary basis, as as like every other league has been doing so with their trainings, and the return to and obviously this 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 moves us forward in the return to play plan. Like I said, with the second phase coming on Monday with this, uh, and phase three will be opening up training camps as the phase four is playing, and obviously we know that last week they talked about how phase three they at first Gary Bettman said phase three will not happen to at least July first. That was moved back now to July 10th. So, and not saying it's going to open on July 10th, not saying training camps will open on July 10th. They're just saying that training camps will not happen until at least July 10th or after that date. And training camps are a one to two week thing. And then depending on what they choose for the number of days of being in, in isolation or quarantine, whatever you want to call it, you know, this could be up to a early August, you know, late July, uh, you know, uh, return. Obviously, the league still has to say where they're going to play, you know, where the accommodations are for their teams, what the testing is going to be like. They're going to have to also confirm that stuff within now until possibly most likely the training camp because you don't want to be going to training camp and then you're by you're, you're done training camp, but you still have no clue where you're going, right? I feel like the league will try to announce all that before, uh, Training camps begin uh, at the early state, like I said, July 10th. Uh, and obviously, like we like we said in the podcast a few weeks ago when they announced this uh, big, big announcement for, you know, how they're going to the 2014 format, they, there's there's no shortages of teams that are lo- – or areas that – or sorry, uh, places to be for hub cities uh, with multiple cities uh, being involved, Canadian and American. So we'll see where that goes. I feel like the, the biggest thing for the NHL is saying – do we want to go to the Canada? Do we want to go to the Canadian? No. Do we want to go to Canada, or do you want to go? Do you want to play in America? Uh, obviously, the Canadian diet will be che- the, t- the Canadian. I the holy cow! I'm all over the place. The idea of coming to Canada will be cheaper. Uh, it's just a matter of fact that the quarantine rules right, and we'll have to spend two weeks in America. It'll probably be more expensive, but they don't have as you know heavy isolation rules as we have here in Canada. So. It's all up to the NHL, right? And, you know, I feel like that decision can be coming within now and obviously until training camp starts. So that's that's all I could, that's all I could think about. Uh, so on to the next segment. We're going to get into some MLS news now as we're going to talk about their team training. Uh, the rest of the episode is just going to be about team trainings. So we'll get right into that just after this. All right, so just like last week, we're back here for not last week, last episode. I'm all over the place this episode. I'm very sorry, everyone. I don't know what's wrong with me, but we're back. <laughs> uh, just like on Wednesday's podcast, as I wanted to say, uh, the MLS t- takes up the third segment, and we talked about how they're returning to play, and they've moved once again forward in the return to play plan. Uh, and they've lifted their moratorium, and so now they're allowing their full team training. So a day after announcing this, like I said, uh, we're uh, you know with the players' association agreeing to you know the the concessions and the and the um, you know the new CBA and all that. Uh, obviously, they took a few days. The players took a few days off of training because they were kind of in like a small little lockout of their own. Uh, 
the MLS says that teams may resume training full full team. Uh, the MLS says each player's and staff member must complete two tests of the coronavirus 24 hours apart, 72 hours ahead of each start of the tra- each training, and each every player must have a test for anti antibodies and for and a physical. Once training starts, players and coaches and some staff must be tested for the virus every other day. An individual who tests positive will be isolated, tested again at least 24 hours later, and all close contacts must be tested or would be tested. High-risk individuals must be cleared to participate by a team's chief medical officer in consultation with the MLS medical staff. Testing for antibodies will take place every three months. Testing, pro- testing providers must, must be authorized by the FDA or Health Canada. Training rooms and gyms will be restricted to a maximum of five people, and lockers should be spaced a minimum of 10 feet apart, and all doors should be left open. Uh, food is restricted to individual prepackaged meals and individually wrapped utensils, and 10 feet of distancing while necessary while eating, and staff is to use appropriate PPE. So... This is, once again, so MLS has come out this week, you know, Big news. I think I feel like a lot of leagues have had big news this week, except for the MLB, right? <laughs> NBA, you know, we're announcing this. This is our plan. It's been approved by the governors. We're just kind of waiting on the players. It should go through. NHL, you know, they just kind of they slightly, you know, quietly release details about how uh, the playoffs will go. Uh, um, like we have a clear vision of how the playoffs will go. And now the MLS. You know there's there's concessions and their and their and their player and the and how their salary uh, pay cut was agreed to by the players. Yes, they had a little CBA uh, dispute, but they figured it out, and now they're working towards returning once again to Disney World, right? And they and they know how they're going to play it, uh, and now moving towards team training. This moves even closer, right? Now, obviously, with all this testing stuff, it will be kind of a longer, you know, it'll be a longer system. Like, you know, the individual workouts uh, were about a week or two. And then the group training was only this past week, I think. And now they're moving to full team training, right? So, and I believe the full team training will be the longest out of the two. I feel like this could possibly last two weeks. I don't know, right? This could last, honestly, for five days. Probably not. But, you know, this could last for, I feel like, at least two weeks or three weeks or more than that. And I could see him playing down there uh, in Orlando, depending on how, you know, how fast it, put, it makes them, uh, takes them to put on their pants. Uh, you know, it could take them, they could start playing mid-July, uh, depending on the, you know, the numbers. So the MLS is wide open here. And once again, they're making fast, quick movements, right? To, yeah, uh, you know, return to play per se, right? Because, you know, right now, if you look at it, soccer is being played, you know, league soccer leagues are opening up more. You know, now we're hearing about the the Canadian Premier League and how they're going to play in PEI. Possibly, I thought about putting them in this episode for this, but I said no way because this episode's already way too long. Just looking at it, uh, <laughs> so I said no, no, no. We'll leave the CPL, but they're going to return the PEI. Obviously, we know the Bundesliga is back. The Premier League is going to come back in, uh, in a few weeks. Uh, you know, there's a bunch of other leagues in Europe that are back. And I'm pretty sure the MLS wants to get back as well as quick as possible so people can be watching them as well. Could you imagine that? A full day of just soccer? I mean, because obviously teams out in out in Europe, six hours, seven hours, possibly almost eight hours ahead as well. So, you know, look, you get you get a nice, you know, morning watching Bundesliga, you know, possibly a game. Uh, you know, you got a game at like 9.30 in the morning, watch Bundesliga, like tomorrow I'm, I'm going to try and get up early and watch the uh, Bayern Munich match uh, 9.30. <laughs> I'm probably not. I'm probably going to sleep in knowing me. Uh, <laughs> uh, then, you know, at 12, you might got another Bundesliga match or hey, you get Premier League and then, you know, say this is in July, right? You get Bundesliga in the morning, you know, at lunchtime, you get Premier League and then at nighttime, 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, you get a good MLS game, you'd be suckered out. I'm just saying. But I feel like MLS is trying to aim for that. They want to get back so, you know, people can watch them and they can get their money back. A lot of this is just money. I, I hope everyone knows this. A lot of the leagues are just doing this for the money. I mean, NBA, like I said, money. NHL wants their money. Uh, MLB, the players want their money. Uh, the NFL is not too weird right now, so I'm not going to get into that. And so the MLS probably wants their money as well. All right. So like like I said, I knew this was going to be a short little segment here. But, you know, just to, you know, fill in the news more of the MLS. 
So when we come back, we're going to talk about the NFL and about their practice facilities as well. Wow, it's, I, I sense a pattern here over these last three segments. Uh, so we'll get right into that after this short little break. All right, so our final segment today, like I said at the end of the last segment, there's a pattern going on here with this team facility stuff. I, I Honestly, this might have happened in another episode. I just maybe not figured it out, but I figured it out today that we have a pattern in this episode. And it's re- the word return, and it's the word practice facility. So the NFL coaches are now allowed to return to their own team facilities uh, today. Uh, you know, and Commissioner Roger Goodell told all 32 clubs yesterday in a memo obtained by the Associated Press that coaching staffs may re- may work with team co- from team complexes starting today. Previously, only up to 75 people per day could be at the facility, uh, with coaches and players not seeking treatment for uh, with coaches and players not seeking treatment for injuries bared. So they weren't allowed. Uh, as has been emphasized in previous advice on reopening facilities, this may occur only if your club has otherwise received necessary permission from state and local governments to reopen a facility. Goodell wrote, all coaches will count towards the maximum number of club employees at the facility, but the number will be increased to 100, also sub- subject to gov- governmental regulations and implementation of health protocols developed by the NFL's medical staff. Guys are all upset. We've got meetings with players tomorrow. Everyone set up at their homes. Miami Dolphins coach Brian Flores said Thursday, I imagine it to be hard. We we would hate to have a glitch with players because we want to get back into the office. Team facilities were closed in March, uh, and the league developed a, uh, a phasing plan for them to reopen pending governmental per, uh, per, permission. The San Francisco 49ers remain closed under county rules, and coach Kyle Shanahan said he's not too upset about that, even if, even if some might want to go back to an office where they haven't been in 90 days. The players aren't there, so so you're not getting big advice. Nothing that we could do on Zoom meetings, Shanahan said. I would feel that differently if other players were allowed in the building and other places. Uh, that would be a huge disadvantage for us. But until guys can start working with players, it doesn't bother me. Raiders coaches won't be going back. With moving trucks arriving last week at the team's Almeida, Florida. Or Almeida, Florida. What? Almeida, California facility, and this new one in Henderson, Nevada, which is not open yet. And the Titans coaches are to be be expected back in the office on Monday. They're probably waiting on government, uh, you know, permission. Goodell said the league would be working uh, with each team's medical staff to implement a a program of COVID-19 testing for for the players and other football personnel prior to the players returning to club facilities. The commissioner did not mention in the memo when un, when uninjured players might be impro- might be approved to return to team facilities. It's likely that it won't be until training camps open next month. We continue to have active and varied discussions on many subjects to Dr. Alan Sills, the NFL's chief medical officer. Any decisions will be a collaborative effort with the league and, and the players association based on the continuation of our phased approach. We obviously want to get back into the phase of, of getting players back in. That's the next logical step. We share the exact same goals with the safest possible environment for the players to return. While the NFL has been making contingency plans for delays in the preseason and regular season and possibly playing games minus fans, it has steadily, steadfastly uh, stuck to its offseason schedule of free agency, the draft and owners meetings all done virtually. Reopening team facilities, though slowly and carefully, has been the next step. Beginning today, coaching staffs uh, may work together rather than remotely, albeit within uh, social distancing protocols at team complexes. All off-season workout programs remain virtual projects. There's a possibility that training camps, which usually open at the end, towards the end of July, could begin sooner if determined to be safe health-wise. Uh, teams could, re- uh, could then recoup some time uh, together lost in the spring. Obviously, we know, uh, like I mentioned, I, I think it might have been the last podcast, that the NFL has gone with you cannot go to other cities for your team, uh, your, 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 uh, uh, holy cow, training camps. I could not think of the word for some reason. Uh, like they, uh, I think that's what I think. I, I think it was the last podcast I said that and how, you know, teams like the Bears cannot go out of town. So they'll have to stay in the city of where their training facility is. Obviously, training facilities are most likely, uh, close to, or if not, uh, just outside 
or inside or just outside of where they were playing. Like I said, Henderson, California, or Henderson, Nevada is just like a suburb of Las Vegas. So it's not like it's way outside two hours away. Uh, you know, we're what some teams plan to do. It's just a few, a, a bit of a drive to go. So the NFL said that. So training camps will stay home. All ideas are on the table, still said, and we're trying to look at this uh, at this in a very hostile fashion about how we can conduct all aspects of our business. No one feels bound by the notion that we must do something the way that we have always done it. What makes the most sense based upon the current data and science is still is the approach we will take. Seals noted that due to the pandemic, a number of things will look different throughout 2020. Paraphrasing a colleague, he's uh, paraphrasing calling he said it's not going to feel normal because it will not be normal obviously uh we heard that the governor of michigan say that there'll be no fans whatsoever uh in ford at ford field i think it's called in detroit when season resumes uh so there'll be lots of places where there's no fans at all dallas texas has actually been approved to have 50 percent of fans in its stadium so uh tex the, the the, the, the Texans, the, well, the Texans too. Uh, the Cowboys will have fifty percent of its fans in the stadium, and also the Texans. I should, I should have just kept going with the Texans. I was thinking of the baseball, the old base, the Texan, the old baseball Texans team. Uh, and as well, we've heard that Joe Buck said that CBS and, or sorry, Fox, he works for Fox, uh, said that they're working on fake crowd noise and and possibly virtual fans in the crowd, as in probably be CGI fans. Or whatever. So it'll be pretty interesting to see all that and how that all, you know, turns out. All right. So that's all I have for today on today's episode. When we come back, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at what I missed possibly if I did miss anything, and also if uh, you know, and also my closing. I'll thank you all uh, just after this. So although it's Friday and obviously we're heading into the weekend now. Uh, but it sucks that the next episode will be on Monday uh, because literally I, I opened up Twitter. I went to my newest newest news or whatever, my most recent tweets. 16 seconds after I opened Twitter, Adrian Wojnarowski reported that the players approve the NBA's 22-team format. There is that, that report is being thrown out right now. Obviously, it's not official, but that is the report. So big news for the NBA as now they could really move forward into playing in Orlando at the end of July. Um, obviously, you know, I, I I talked about this earlier. I thought they might have had some trouble with, you know, maybe finances and all that stuff. It doesn't look like that's a problem at all. Uh, if this stays true, uh, very big news. Very big news. And now they just really have to wait for, now it's really just the, are we safe to go? Is it safe to go? And obviously, you know, it might be a. They're just, and you know, they're gonna have to see and how see how the Canadian and American border plays out. Obviously, you have the one team from Canada, the Toronto Raptors. Will they be able to make it over uh, without having to, you know, you know, ask the government for a few, you know, for like a as a little favor? Will they? Will like you know what I mean? Like they don't have to go to the government and say, hey, we got to play our playoffs. Can we go over? And, you know, then they'll have to do all that debacle. You know, they'll have to talk with the U.S. and American government uh, and Border Patrol and see how that all goes out. So hopefully once the borders open up, the Raptors will have no trouble getting over here. Uh, as well as now this will have to have players come over here. Uh, you know, right? Obviously the Americans' uh, border will open up. The American border is open, I feel like, to all, I think, international players. And they don't have to spend 14 days. They just have to spend seven days in quarantine. Canada is a different story, right? Uh, players coming will have to spend 14 days. So we'll see how that all plays out, but it's very exciting. This is very good news for the NBA heading forward. Uh, not just for the 22 plan, but making sure that it's approved by both players and the league. All right. So that's it for today's episode. I'd like to thank you guys all for listening to the sports talk podcast. I'm your host, Adam Zucala. If you want to follow me on Twitter, uh, you can follow me at Adam underscore Zucala. That's Z U C C A L A. Uh, whether wherever you're listening to on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Castbox, I like to thank you guys all for listening. And if you want to listen to it on the main the main site here on Anchor, uh, even if you are listening here on Anchor, you can go to anchor.fm/podcastsportstalk, 
and you'll find it and you can see all the other episodes if you're wherever you're listening does not have the rest of the episodes there. All right. So once again, big news for the NBA, NHL, another big news, MLS fast tracking, NBA, or NFL making players, uh, making it, uh, the NFL just being the NFL, right? Uh, uh, but big, big episode today, big long episode. Well, at least the first segment for me uh, personally. And I thank you guys all for listening. And I'll see you guys all on Monday where we probably might discuss again this NBA format. So I'll see you guys all, all on Monday again and have a good weekend. Stay safe, stay indoors if you have to. Uh, uh, and just, and just be healthy, you know, take precautions, be all that. Stay safe out there. Once again, have a good weekend. See you guys on Monday. Peace.